Today is April 30th. It's the last day of April, so let's talk about the Yankees. We are talking about what does a healthy lineup look like? Why is Tommy Canely so good? Why is Luke Voigt the best ever? And has the strength of schedule helped us? Let's talk yes. Let's talk about the Yankees. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us here on Talking Yanks. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I got my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver. He's a transplanted Yankee friend, originally from Connecticut, Memorial, Pomperog High School, class president, class of 2015. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost not a joke. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. This episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by Christina Miro. Like that. Anthony Corello. Peter Gronzith. Is that what you would say that one, Jake? Gronzith. That's uh that feels that feels like a big guy name. That feels like six four two forty. Peter Gronzith. Pete Grow and Mike Idle. Mike Idle is a repeat customer. I think he re-upped. So thank you, Mike. We appreciate Thanks, that. Mike. It's $2 a month. You get uh, live access. We got Jarvis in the chat, Spikes in the chat, Connor's in the chat. Uh, you can hang out live. You can uh, have, do a little post show with us afterwards. You get a chance to win two jerseys each month. Tomorrow, I think we will have a winner. It looks like Chris Northrup's in the lead of the April contest. And uh, not tomorrow, but once a uh, couple days afterwards, I will do the raffle for the jersey. So if you sign up for Patreon today, April 30th, you win. You don't win, but you get a chance to win. So sign you up You get tomorrow. a chance to win. Uh, definitely sign up and check out the Patreon. And if if you're not into, you know, cut cutting a coffee out of your life and and sending us two doll hairs a month, that's fine. Leave us a review. We're we're giving away some baseball prospectus, uh, twenty nineteen guides. Check them out. Jimmy's flashing it right now. I have the book here, Jake. Read uh, read the title of it for us. Uh, baseball prospectus two thousand nineteen. Wow, killed it. I did it good, right? Been practicing? Did it, it I think I even made it seem like I was confident in it, but I wasn't. Right. Uh, Yankees, 2019 Yankees prospect fuck, prospectus, <laughs> a baseball companion. Give me a random page number. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what is on that page. Uh, let's go 65. Old Old Domingo Herman. Is that is that Paxton now? 65. Wow, this is a great page. It is Tommy Canley's page. Look at that That's shit. That's who we're talking about. Height 6'1", weight 235. 
They got a whole thing. The Yankees didn't give up Blake Rutherford and Ian Clark and just because they were getting David Robertson and Todd Frazier. No, the hidden prize of that deal was Tommy Canley, who had a 165 ERA plus in a White Sox uniform and four and a half years of team control left. So there's a lot of pages of fun stuff. There's like, you know, batted ball direction for Greg Bird, for Andujar. There's a lot of stuff. If you leave a review, I look, Jake, we have 30 reviews that were left Ooh. yesterday. If you leave a five-star review, your name goes into the raffle to win a Talking Yanks goodie bag, which includes this 2019 Yankees prospectus book. It is a handwritten note from you. Handwritten note from me, some Talking Yanks stickers. business. I have some Jake Sucks business cards I can throw in there. Some uh, shavings from your beard. Yeah. I'll some, put some beard hair. clippings. Yeah. And uh, some of my dog's fur. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So 10 people are going to win a Talking Yanks goodie bag, which includes this baseball prospectus. We're thankful for them for allowing us to give these to you guys. So uh, thank you. Go leave a five-star rating and review, and you will be entered into the contest. Enough with the uh, enough with the muckety-muck, Jake. The dilly-dally. Yeah. I'd be blowing my dough and going deluxe. Oh. That's from the Newsies. I thought that was a rap lyric for a second. I was going to be impressed with you, but it was almost the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a song from the the Disney musical Newsies. Song from a Disney musical. <laughs> you know, from the play. Yeah, from, no, no, the Broadway play sucks. It's the <laughs> I was movie. referencing Sterling there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a Broadway play, Meredith. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> Whatever you have to tell yourself, Johnny. Good call. <laughs> Jake, I'm so tired. If we weren't yeah, recording you, what, this right what's now. The, what's the state of the John boy? I'm so tired. If we were not recording tonight, I'd be passed out. Like I was, get, I was laying on the couch. Tucked in, we're going to get you tucked in early Wednesday and a, and a little off day Thursday, too. It's nice. I mean, I'll edit this, and we did the sharp stats with Katie coming up after. I have to yeah. edit that. But, yeah, I told Katie, like, she's on the couch next door watching this terrible movie that she loves. Sure. Uh, and I was like, man, I would just love to take a nap on the couch right now or just fall asleep. But I got to go do the do the talking, do the talking. So here we are. But I'm excited because we have so many voicemails. We get yeah. so many voicemails, Jake, that I almost want to do like five voicemail apps. Let's just do talking yanks every day. No, that's we'll bite off more than we can chew if we do that. It but was, it was it was it's been half suggested before. Yeah. I mean, couple voicemails, couple Katie Sharp stats. I mean, hey, baby, talk Yanks every day. We'll see. I don't. I, I people people like us. We're growing. Uh, they like the three episodes. I don't know if people would tune in. I don't know how much we can push it, but I do want to throw some interviews here and there. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we got like twenty-seven voicemails. So we apologize if we don't get to yours. Uh, someone asked me on Periscope, like, what's the best time to leave a voicemail, and I said. Like the day before, because things happen so quickly. Right. So last week we did the voicemail episode, and then a lot of people left voicemails like the next day. But things happen. You know? Things happen, man. We got some fun topics today, man. There's a lot. And the, the biggest topic, which we're... Sorry. Which we're going to do right away. Yeah. Is the uh, healthy lineup. We got a lot of voicemails. So I'm going to play like a bunch in a row. We'll do a couple in a row then. Is that cool? Do you want to tell everyone about your day, or are you good? Uh, only thing, I, uh, my dog got shaved today. He he went from, like, fluffy polar bear to, like, wet rat. 
Um, I had sober Taco Bell, and one of my thought processes was like, how many more times am I going to do this in my life? Is it like under 10, or is it like 100 plus? No idea. I think what if you have kids, you're going to do like a lot of like shitty like runs. Ooh, like, is that a nice like parent cycle? Like when you're when you have kids and you you don't have the time like Jess or, or isn't around to cook dinner and you're just like, fuck it. Let's go get Taco Bell kids. So there's like a five year period where you kind of try to like adultish a little bit and then the kids come along and you're like, well, I'm <laughs> I'm back on my Taco Bell grind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I like that. I, I'm excited for that. Though. My Aunt Carol, when she babysat us when we were kids, she, she, it, we would be like, oh, yeah, Aunt Carol, it's the fast food fiesta. And that's what she would do. And we would get like fries from McDonald's and burgers from Burger King and shakes from Wendy's. And then we would eat it all in the car. And that was like exciting. And I was like, that's actually pretty smart because you're not only are you making the kids happy, but you're also by going to those different fast food places, you're distracting the kids for another 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Killing so much time. Yeah, that's smart. Shout out Aunt Carol. Yeah. She also made us. She also gave herself a nickname, Auntie Wonderful. It's like we still call her that. (laughs) But like people are like, how did you get the nickname? She's like, I gave it to myself. (laughs) <laughs> kind of genius. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Here's uh, the first, the big question. Hey, boys. It's Chris uh, from Buffalo. Just got a quick question about guys coming back from the I.L. Uh, do you foresee maybe some of those original starters like D.D. And, uh, and, and Judge and, and a bunch of those guys, you know, when they're coming back from the I.L., do you maybe see some of those guys being asked to take a seat more often or even being asked to leave? because the guys who have been called to replace them are maybe doing a better job. Um, just curious to hear what you guys have to say about this. I know it's probably something you thought about. Uh, anyways, happy uh, day and uh, go Yanks. Is there a flush in there? I couldn't tell if that was a toilet flush. We'll What's count up, guys? This is Chris from South Jersey, big fan of the show. Uh, just wanted to get your guys' take on uh, what's going to happen when uh, – Miggy and Tulo make their way back. seems like they're getting close to getting into rehab games. And I was curious, you know, obviously I think Estrada would be one that would go down for Andujar. But then when it comes to Tulowitzki, would you be thinking Mike Ford, Tyler Wade? You know, me personally, I don't really view Tulowitzki as a big upgrade to Wade, considering Wade's defensive versatility, even though he has Maybe an inferior bat. We're not really even so sure about that. But uh, I think he and the speed that he brings to the game. So I was curious if you think it was him or Mike Ford. And I also wanted to give a quick shout-out to my brother, Tom, in South Carolina. Uh, I know he's listening. I think he'd be pretty stoked that I made it on the show. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Hey, guys. It is Jordan Boss calling from Boston. Is it a bad thing if I'm kind of in love with a third baseman that can play, play defense? Uh, love Andrew, I love his bat, but I kind of don't want him at third. What do you guys think? Bye. Hey, this is Gary from Tampa calling in for Talking Yanks. Uh, I just want to know you guys' thoughts on the current lineup and you know, the players that are going to be on the team as healthy players start to get back. I've got people in comment sections arguing with me saying that you know, it's going to be difficult to choose who to send down or who to keep playing. I don't think it's that difficult, in my opinion. They've played well the last couple of games, but I don't think it's sustainable throughout the whole season. I just want to hear your thoughts. 
Thank you. Go Yanks. Was there a flush in that one? Am I just getting like flush ears? Any weird background noise? Yeah, I think I just got flush ears. So, Jake, this is the big question everyone wants to know. I, I appreciate people calling in, so I let their voicemails play. Do we do this? What's a healthy lineup look like? So, I, I'm, you know, Jim, you know how you eat an elephant. You Barbecue? cut off the ears, you cut off the tusk, chop the legs, you start grilling. No. I, I thought step one was befriend an elephant. Befriend an elephant and, and <laughs> guile him. And then, no. Uh, it's one bite at a time, people. And this is, I mean, this conversation gets crazy, Jim. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering how to keep it under wraps. And I think, I say we just kind of go player to player quick, right? Um, yeah. Because there's, there's some we're going to be able to hit quick, like Gary Sanchez. Healthy, absolute lock to be the catcher. Okay. Well, okay. I was going to do it a different way, but this way it works. I was going to say, you tell me a player that gets healthy in the order you think they're going to come back and who gets DFA'd. That's that's a tricky game. I I think I think I think if we just run it like this, we'll okay, it'll go. be a more comfy convo. Okay, go ahead. So, so Luke Voigt. I mean a lock to either be first base or DH. First base lock. LeMahieu, a lock to be on the team. Uh his how his position and stuff goes goes with the season. Yeah. But he's he should be a lock to be starting every day. Glaber lock. Lock. So now it's where we start getting into the fun zone. Let's do Gio Urshela. I think he's a lock to stay on the... I think he should stay on the 25, man, in my opinion. If he keeps playing like this, yes. Um, if Gio Urshela comes back down to earth... Um, and by the way, when we say come back down to earth, Gio Urshela is hitting about 300 points over his career OPS. Um so it's it's a what does come down to earth mean if he's playing anywhere in this realm uh you keep him on the team because he's a, a special glove that if he i think the number i gave you was 0.78 for ops if it's anything above that Gio shell is a really good baseball player yeah but okay so because we have Andujar, obviously he's gonna be on the 25 man too right so who's the bench well, let's uh, let's 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 go to another controversial one, Clint Frazier. Yeah, I think he should be on the twenty-five man. Okay, Guardy, yup. Yep. Aaron Judge, yup. Stan Hicks, yup. Stan Hicks, yup. So, how many guys are we up to there? Is that twelve? Gary Voigt, Lemayhew, Glaber, Urshela, Clint, Brett. Judge, Hicks, Stanton. So we're at 10. Anduhar, 11. Romine. Romine. So that's the team? That's your team. So that would mean... Wade. No no Wader, no Talk, no Tyro, uh, and no Tulo. And no Ford. No Ford, no Bird, if there's someone out there still on that. No, uh, so no, Cam- I- no Cameron Mabin. Yeah, that was a confusing way to do it for me. So Okay. So Ford, there's no need for Ford when people come back because Voigt is going to be the first baseman and DJ LeMahieu can be the backup first baseman. No need to have two first basemen on the roster. So Ford is an easy back down to AAA. Yeah. 
Estrada is an easy back down to AAA. Yep. Cameron Mabin is an easy back down to AAA. Yes. Well, or probably off the roster. Yeah, whatever right. Whatever it has to be. Tulo? See, Tulo, Wade, or Shella is where it gets tricky because I think you can only keep one of them if Clint is healthy. Wade gets the DQ partially for performance and partially because he has minor league options. Yeah, but I'd just get rid of Tulo. That's what I've kind of been building up for for a couple weeks now, especially, Jim, we forgot one more name that might screw over our guy Gio Urshela. Gregorius. Well, eventually. That's later on. Maybe. I mean, that could be... <laughs> with Hicks, the way Hicks is going right now, he could end up on a similar timeline. I mean, we could be talking a month for Didi. He's throwing and hitting. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, so we may have Anduhar coming back in a week. So let's right. do this. Conver- that's the most pressing conversation. And Tulo. Okay. I don't see a need for... Whatever. I would I would take Urshela over Tulo. Until... But would you do Wade over Tulo? Kind of. But, but then again, you could just do Wade dirty, send him to the minors, and let Tulo get hurt in a week again. Right. I mean, maybe do you send down Mike Ford if he's just going to be a 1B DH guy? Oh, but I he's think, been kind I of think, an okay lefty bat. No, I think he's the first to go. Okay, so you have Ford for Andujar. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then next is Tulo, and you probably do a Tulo-Wade swap. Tyro. Tyro. Yeah. And then next would be Hixie or Stan. 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 So then... Mabin or Wade? Mabin for Stanton. Okay, then Hicks would be Wader. Or Talkman. Wade or Talkman. And I mean, are we we missing one? No, we got a lot of guys that aren't going to be with the team right now. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's pretty nuts, and everyone's excited about the magic, and it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. We've we've been beaten on some bad teams, which we'll talk about later. Um, the reason this whole thing is magic is because a lot of these guys aren't MLB. Um, and man, we'll we'll see what other injuries come up. I mean, we saw, you know, just just the last baseball game we saw, Gio Urshela took a pitch off the hand. DJ Lemayhew's got some inflammation in his knee from a foul ball the Friday before that. Um, so. We're well, getting close to be able to be able to play this game, which is kind of fun. Um, what about I, what about Tula? What about Urshela and Andujar third? If Gio Urshela is is hitting like this at third base, you leave him because I mean, right now he's hitting better than Andujar and playing gold. Right now he's Manny Machado. <laughs> right now Gio Urshela is Manny Machado. Yeah. I, I I'd like to keep. I'd like to to slow play the switch until Urshela regresses. His defense, it's been pivotal. Pivotal. It's been amazing. It's been game changing. Like I, I I truly think that. I think that Urshela has made game changing plays at third base, where we've seen them become infield hits so often with Anduhar. And I don't want this to become a slander Anduhar thing where people right. are getting on me. I, I think Anduhar can become a serviceable third baseman. 
I don't think Anduhar can ever become what Urshela is. Slanduhar. Anduhar slander. No, no, he can't. And that's that's not even a shot at Anduhar. There's few no. people in this world <laughs> that can do what Gio Urshela does at third base. So I think you're right. You, you ride it out. And Jimmy, again, with my OPS thing, I'll even raise it to 800 OPS because that's kind of a... I mean, that's a, that's a good number. That's a quality everyday player. If Gio Urshela, like, I'll, let, me, let me find someone from last year that had an 800 OPS, that would be a good comparison. If Gio Urshela can perform hitting-wise, um, like Glaber was an 820 last year, um, and, I mean, these are still high standards. With his glove, man, you ride that out. I mean, I'm not calling it a Wally Pip or anything like that, but with what he can do with the glove... I mean, that's he he basically hit at like a Tyler Wade level before this run. So if he's going to keep it going, you find out what you got. If his if his new stance is really a solution and he's got the eye hand, then, yeah, let's have some fun, babe. But we uh, we will need to see that. Yeah, I think the only interesting thing is out of all the guys, Estrada, Mabin, Ford, Talkman, Urshela's the only one right now where I'm saying that guy needs to stick around until he doesn't. Like Urshela- even, even Wade. Like Talkman could be in the middle of a crazy, crazy week, which he actually has come down from, and I'd still be like, fine, get rid of him. But if Urshela is doing what he can defensively and offensively, he, he cannot be off this 25-man roster. If Mike Talkman can have a special week and Clint comes back to earth, there can be a conversation there. I don't think so anymore. It I turns think- into lefty-righty and getting Clint every day at bats. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of the same conversations we've had with Clint. Yeah, but I, th- I think Clint's has earned that spot. Talkman's had four good games. Clint has had a lot more. Yeah, that's true, but you also have to think roles. I mean, Talkman can play every outfield position in well. And he's a lefty. I mean, it, it, it turns into the whole, what, what can you do and what can we give to you? I, I, again, this, this is tempered with Mike Talkman would have to have <laughs> good weeks. Um, but it could become a conversation. I think it'd be so... To send Clint down would be... I'll say this: what this In is all building, faith. what all this is building up to, is going to be kind of an intense trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, or, I, I Cash, that, or Cash is just going to start giving off pieces for international, international signing bonus money. Yeah. All right, that's the big question. I mean, that's as much as we can talk about it until things actually happen. Yeah. But it is interesting. Let's uh, let's move on. We have a bunch of a bunch of bunch of voicemails. Hey, talking Yanks. Uh, it's Andrew calling from Buffalo. Um, so I've been watching a lot of playoff hockey, a lot of overtime hockey, and this game against the Angels, that late one that went to like 4 a.m. in the morning, um, kind of got me thinking, like, hockey has shootouts and five-minute overtimes to end the games earlier during the regular season, which maybe really don't mean that much in the end for baseball at least. What do you guys think of, like, uh, the MLB – um, like doing something to end games earlier in a 162-game season that really might not matter, but then keeping it uh, normal, like for playoffs. 
maybe like um I don't know, taking like an outfielder out or making it like three balls as a walk or something. Uh, uh let me know what you guys think. All right. See ya. Well, Andrew, they have something in play, and we'll see it in the All Star game and in that guinea pig league they opened up in uh the west coast they are doing you start ex- you start the 11th inning with a man on second and we saw it in the world baseball classic last world War baseball classic and it sucked it was a huge advantage for the away team huge yeah it was a huge it was i forget but do you think they should do anything? Like it? It, it was a huge advantage for one team. I think it was a huge advantage for the away team because the away team would bunt that guy over, right? Right. And then score on an out. And if they did that, then the other team, like, their hands were tied. Jake, I forget Why? who was. Yeah. I think it was a... I think it was a there was one team that benefited. I think it was the home team. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about that. I know this. I'm... Oh, this is what it was. It was boring okay. and an advantage for the home team because if the away team did not score that one run, right, then the uh, home team all they did was bunt and then hit a fly ball and the game was over and it was like that's that's how the game ends. Like this turns into a bunting and fly ball competition. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that how some people feel about hockey and soccer? Um, yeah, so I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I don't love the runner starting on second, um, especially for the first inning. Like maybe play one inning of clean baseball, kind of like what hockey overtime does. That's then what they I'm do kinda, in the. That's what they do in the LB. They do it in the eleventh inning. Okay. Um. But yeah, I'm 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 open to that. Um. Because I I'll say this, man. You play fourteen innings like we did against the Giants. If you're if your pitching's in a tight spot, that can screw you up for a week. Um, which I don't know if we're actually talking player safety and I'm, time of the game is what it is with with extra innings. But I'm I'm open to solutions. Um, I don't love the runner starting on second base thing, but uh, I I'm I'm open to it just because, man. I mean, you you burn through a second game of baseball with you'd the have way to baseball's go to a, played nowadays. You'd have to go to a point system then. Like NHL has, a, NHL has a point system. You get a point for going to a shootout. Like if you did this, you couldn't just, the team that loses just gets a straight up loss. It would have to be a point system. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot more games in baseball. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan. I understand like the concerns, but the concerns with pitching are the worst thing. They should just have a rule that if you go a certain amount of innings, you get a 26 roster the next game. If your game goes over 13 innings, you get both teams get a 26 man on the roster the next day. What if you're not playing each other the next day? I still think that you should it should be allowed like and every team yeah. will benefit it from at, at one point. I think the best answer from this is that, is that there's not a best answer yet. <laughs> but I I think MLB is open to it. Hey fellas, it's Ubox, Nebraska. Just a thought here with uh, Wader playing as good as he's been playing lately. You think he feels a little silly for throwing such a a big fit after spring training, not getting the call up? Um, 
And if it was me, I, I would I would feel kind of silly for you know doing that kind of throwing that kind of tirade, but I don't know. So Blue Box asking if if Wade feels silly now for throwing a fit. I think Wade feels the exact opposite. I think he feels justified that he's helping the team win now with speed yeah. and defense, and he's playing left field uh, every day and stuff like that. I think Wade feels. I think Wade doesn't. I think he feels like he was right, like vindicated. Like, see, fuckers, I can do it. And uh, to the Wade blow up, I want everyone to picture. It's like two days before the regular season. You think you're going to be on the Yankees making gobbles of money. And then you're in trip. You're in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, making not gobbles of money. You tell me. <laughs> I'd be mad, too. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy and Jake, just a, a quick idea question here for you. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with the NHL, and it's hard to compare the MLB to the NHL, apples, oranges, whatever. But so they have a Twitter account at NHL Player Safety that basically breaks down dangerous penalties that typically uh, end in a player suspension, kind of explain it, go through the video, uh, go through their reasoning for the suspension and how the play kind of unfolded. So I was thinking, do you think this would benefit the MLB to have something similar? It doesn't really have to be on Twitter, but some kind of platform that would break down controversial calls like the Glaber not home run or the Wade Turk play so we can see what they're looking at, their reasoning, because the umps on the field don't make the call. They get told what to do. So just a thought. Let me know what you think. I am all for this. Right. I'm more for more transparency. Even in football, the refs have a mic on them and they explain to the crowd, like, the rule was this, but because of this, it is now this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, thanks. Let's go on with the game. No one knows shit in the MLB. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's part of the problem, why MLB would be scared to make this account. Because even... Like the Glaber play, I don't think they have a good answer. <laughs> um, the Mookie Betts Houston play, I don't think they have a good answer. Their answer is basically an invisible line <laughs> that they're guessing at. Um, so I think they live in fear of that, like the MLB lives in a fear of a lot of things. Because, um, I mean, then do you start doing this with the strike zone? Um, you know, I, I think you start getting into a little bit of a dangerous territory. Well, you can't least- review the strike zone. I think it would only be for re- plays that are reviewed. And that's and I th- I that's fine, but I think it's easing us closer to reviewing the strike zone. You know what I'm saying? Like every every baby step we take elsewhere is almost like the White Walkers approaching Winterfell, basically. I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm all for this, and I don't want the strike zone to ever be able to be reviewed. Right. I think I think that's part of the MLB's thought process. They think uh, if you start reviewing this, kind of like football and the other sports, you start reviewing this, more stuff comes into play. Like, football never wanted to review penalties, and here we are, they're reviewing penalties this season. Yeah, but football's problem is that they have part-time workers that, you know, they need to just make their refs full-time and make them do all the college, like, just work them more. Like, the MLB, the umps do a lot more if they're full-time employees. But... I would like this to be more transparent. I think the replay, you know how like when they have an injury announcement, you can hear it in the background of the booth. Like we can hear Michael K get the announcement like DJ LeMayu has left the game for a contusion and it's a muffled. And then you hear Michael K say, okay, we were just getting word. 
have yeah. the replay department do that to the broadcast booths or like put out a statement one inning later. This is what we saw. This is why we made it. Instead of just the broadcast, I guess that this is what they saw. I'm not sure, Kenny. It's like, that's yeah. that's stupid. I had someone it, uh, reach out to me that works in the replay department, and he said that they have a camera angle that have in-house cameras on all the bases that they can rotate and zoom that, that neither broadcast has. So that's why sometimes neither broadcast has, a, has the angle that they have. That's what I'm saying, and that's that would be like the the Tyler Wade trick play you mentioned. Hey, yes. Jake, just- oh, Whoa. you me- you mentioned yes. Did it have have the best angle of the Tyler Wade trick play? Like something like that. I think that would be really informative, and that would be great. I think I think again, like the Glaber play and the Mookie play. I'm just wondering what the MLB is going to put out. Like we think Mookie was in play. We 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 think Gordon was in play. You know. Yeah, I don't think they'd say we'd think. I think they would just say it definitively. And on certain cases, it would still be like, that's bullshit. But on some cases, you'd be like, ah, okay. Yeah. So like that Wade play, they said they had an angle that neither broadcast had that clearly showed he was touching his back while his foot was off. But it wasn't a broadcast angle. So like just have an official account that tweets that out or lets people know. We had an angle that was definitive that the glove was touching his back while his foot was off the base. That's what they tell the umps on the field. They just never tell the broadcasters or the fans or anyone ever. Yeah, I think I think it would be good. It's almost like an 80-20. I think it would be good for 80% of the things. I think 20%, it's almost opening up another can of worms. Yeah, may- maybe. But, I mean, those yeah. can, that, that can's open. Can's open, baby. Let's see. What do we got next? What do we got next? Mm. Uh, Nick from Santa Barbara calling for Talking Yanks. I went to the um, third game of the series, the one with the big comeback uh, in Anaheim for my, as a birthday present for my 22nd birthday. And actually in the first inning, um, the South Baltimore Angels guy, waiter, actually tossed the ball up and I caught it and I was feeling super proud. Then the rest of the game, this kid was complaining that he wasn't getting any foul balls, and I kind of felt guilty, and I was asking him, I'm going to ask you guys, was I wrong? Like, how old do you have to be before it's mandatory that you give the ball to the kid? All right, let's hear what you guys think. So it was his 22nd birthday, Jake, and he right. got Wade threw him up a ball. Um, you're You're too old to keep that ball. Wade's like three years older than you, dude. You could have been in high school at the same time. You yeah. You can't be keeping a ball from a guy that you could have went to high school at the same time with. I tried. Yeah, I even tried to do like a like a birthday multiplier. Like sometimes a birthday can earn you a a, a little bit of a buffer zone. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Here, here's my thing. What's he going to do? Eighteen or with under. The- uh, if you're drinking alcohol, you can't keep a ball. And I don't mean legally. Okay. It doesn't mean if you're like partying with friends, you're right. too old to keep a ball. Because what are you going to do with it? Think about what you're, sev- you're 17. Aaron Judge tosses you a ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I've gotten balls before. I give them away. To my brother I mean, and shit. 
Ooh, that's kind of a cop-out, though. I don't know if that counts, because that's still in the family. You know, that happened to my dad once. He was at the All-Star game, and he got a ball. Uh, what's what's the dude who did the home run derby at uh, drugs? Josh Hamilton? Hamilton. He got a Hamilton foul ball from the derby, and uh, this little kid was, you know, give it to the kid, give it to the kid. They were all chanting at my dad. My dad was like, I got a six-year-old at home that's going to love this. Ooh, I, but... I, I wonder if they what, thought he was lying. Right? I was going to say, that's uh, that's almost like when you if you walk past like uh, a boozy homeless man and they're like, oh, you got any cash? And it's like, oh, it just got card on me. Like yeah. that, it kind of ends the discussion, but you could be lying. So yeah. I don't know. But I, I think if you're 22 and you get a ball, what are you going to do with it? And then think about what like a seven-year-old would do with it. Seven-year-old, their parents would buy them like a ball holder. And they'd put yeah. it on their shelf in their bedroom, and it would be like a prized possession. 22-year-old me? I mean, maybe it makes it into my glove compartment and stays there for a while. Yeah. Still has value. <laughs> so I think you, you can find a decent reason 18 and under, I think. Yeah. But that's pushing. That's like the limit. Also, don't give it to a little kid who asks for it. You find a kid, eh. no, you find a kid that's going to be ecstatic, but they're polite enough to not ask. What about politely ask? It depends Can if I they're have cute. that ball, sir? It depends if they're cute. Yeah, so you got got there. If it's like a little kid, like, let me have it, let me have it. No. No way. No, yeah, if they're aggressive, no, you teach them a lesson. But if they're polite, yeah. Throw the ball back on the field, turn around, and, and just flick their nose. No. Throw it right over their head. Yeah. Jake, this next question is my favorite question we got. This might be the voicemail of the day. If I was to be the person that did voicemail of the day, this might be it. But we'll Okay. See. Hi, my name is Erin. I'm currently watching the Yankees play the Angels. And I have a weird question. Why do some players wear the short pants and some players wear the long pants? Like, how do you decide what kind of pants player you are? Weird question. Thank you. Erin's calling in. Just a pure, innocent question. How do you know if you're a high socks guy or a long pants guy? Aaron's question can only be answered by baseball people. And there's some great baseball people at Diamond Baseball Tours. Go check out DBT, www.diamondbaseballtours. They do these awesome baseball tours across the country. You want to go see who's wearing high socks on the Rockies? They got, they got a trip that starts out here in the Rocky Mountains. They got one that goes to the College World Series. Specifically for us, they want you to check out that Hall of Fame trip because guess what? Mo Money's going in this year. Um, it's it's coming up. Like if you're interested, check it out. Go check it out anyway. The guy's awesome. www.diamondbaseballtours. Um, and maybe check them out now so you could get a little inside information of what could go on next year when Derek Jeter, number two goes into the Hall of Fame. So, Diamond Baseball Tours. Jim, I kind of want to pass it to you. I'm really interested in your thoughts. It depends on body size a little bit. Okay. Comfortability. If you're fat, I don't think you can go high socks. Ooh, interesting. I'm trying to picture. I feel like there was some fat high socks. Picture CC in high socks. Wait, that's funny. Picture CC in high socks. I mean, CC doesn't count. CC wears some of the loosest, biggest uniforms ever to play major ever to play major league baseball. 
Um, I, I think Joe Blanton used to be a fat high sock pitcher. Bartolo um, in high socks? I mean, that'd be something. I'll, uh, I'll say this. This is my own. This, this is a personal Jakey story. When I played, <laughs> let me tell you, it was special, people. High socks, I also feel is like it's normally a speed characteristic. Anyways, high socks normally gives off a gritty hustle grind mode. I used to love and live by the high socks. I remember, I think the first time I wore my pants down was a high school game. And Jimmy, I felt so cool. I felt so cool. I felt like I was a professional. I was like, all right, enough with the kid shit. Um, I, I remember that I was feeling. bad at baseball, though. I remember, well, Tidge just got married. Shout out. Congrats. I remember in freshman year of baseball, he was like, y'all, I'm wearing a big league style today. And he wore him down. Dude. And I was like, whoa. Because I was a high sock guy as well. It was more fun. Right. Who are the high sock guys on the Yanks now? Guardy? Guardy. Chad? Chad. Formerly Chad. Um, Gary did it once while. Doesn't Judge mix it up? Yeah, Judge has done high socks every now and then. Didi did high socks every now and then. Um, Gary did it when he DH'd once. I feel like I've seen Romine do it. D-Rob was always high socks. Yeah. I don't know. It's a vibe. I think that's something the kids say. I think that's like reporters should have to ask that. Like, hey, you went with high socks today. Why? Because there was a a long thought process in the player's head when he... Right pulled up his pants and let the socks fly. I feel like a lot of players also use it as almost like a slump buster. Like you have a couple bad games and you've been pants down. Time to raise those pants up a little bit. Let the socks show. Yeah. Yeah. Change it up for a lot of things. All right. uh, Dude, you're going to love this call. Sure. How's it going, guys? It's Richard here, a uh, South African Yankee fan living in Los Angeles. I just went to the game this week, and uh, there are significantly more Angel, I mean, Yankee fans than Angel fans at Angel Stadium. So my question is, do you think that the Yankees are the most famous sports team in the entire world? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Richard from South Africa or Africa calling in, living in L.A.? Great South accent. South Africa. Uh, Great. And yeah, Just, it seemed like you had a little bit of the Cape Town accent. And I mean, it's tough because we in America, we forget about football. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, isn't like, wouldn't like Barcelona or Manchester, like one of those teams? Yeah, I know we, we have got a lot of friends who are Liverpool supporters, but it's not them. But yeah, you're probably talking one of the big soccer teams. Uh, the Yankees are up there, though. Um, I I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, if the Knicks were ever good, they could give it a a pretty good fight, but they haven't been in 20 years. Sorry. Um, go check out Talking Knicks. According to this... Okay, never mind. I was going to click this Bleacher Report list, but no thank you. I'll go to the Forbes list. The world's 50 most valuable... No, fuck. Okay, I don't want valuable. I want popular. Yeah, I think popular... With the one we missed, the Dallas Cowboys... Um, that is so, that is so wrong. Ooh, wow. One country cares about American football. I mean, at least baseball, we have, you know, Korea, Japan, 
and all the uh, South American countries. One country cares about American football. The Dallas Cowboys are not anywhere near the most popular team in the world. Um, I mean, it d- depends how you measure My- popular. And Jim, you you have to figure the world we live in now. Like people, people are logos and Instagram driven, and the world is more connected now. Like it's. I'm telling you, outside of America, no one cares about football. Like, my Irish relatives don't know. They didn't know, like, what a quarterback was. Like, they don't give a fuck about the NFL. Yeah, it's a little bit of a smaller sample size, but... Manchester um, United, they say, is number one. Yeah, I mean, man, like like we said, the soccer teams. um, Bleacher Report has the most popular one. I'm scrolling to the bottom. Yeah, Yeah, Man Man U, the Yankees, the Lakers... Real Madrid, the Green Bay Packers, they've got them at five. Are you going to fight that? Yeah, I think that's wrong. Okay. I don't think anyone cares. I think that would be like uh, 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 the biggest rugby team. And us as Americans would be like, what? No. That's what someone from New Zealand would say. Like, who? The All Blacks, man. Yeah, that's not like a, that's a nation team probably the most famous rugby team there's not na- national football teams so it but is does that count because if that counted then like england soccer team or well i mean then you could just yeah say a country and say a sport but because football doesn't have them i think the 30 football teams are kind of their own countries yeah nah i wouldn't put it at any nfl i would say it's man U or yankees okay um let's see i'm gonna give you the topics for the last one okay Okay. And you can choose. Uh, judge, is judge injury prone? Favorite booth combo? Who, oh, never mind. I'm not, you're not choosing anymore. Here's a fun one. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sam calling for Talking Yanks from the Jersey Shore. Uh, just a random out of left field question. Uh, somebody called in on, about the group chats on last week's episode or the last, whatever, the last voicemail episode. I'm calling if, if the Yankees, the, our roster goes out and goes to the casino. Who wins the most money and who loses the most money? All right. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Go Yanks. Yankees go to the casino. Who wins the most? Who loses the most? Who wins the most money? Who loses the most money? Ooh. Um, I have, okay. I have, I have uh, an answer for, a guy who doesn't lose nor win any. Okay. Glaber, I see him just behind people, living vicariously through their winnings and losing, be like, oh, man. And oh, yeah, Glaber's and, and just being giddy. Glaber's just adding on to bets. Yeah, do, the, do that one, do that one. Oh, oh shit. You, but that might make him a loser, too, or a winner. I don't think like, he's putting any of his own money on the line ever. Oh really? See, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think, think he's he gets... sitting behind Andujar and Gary, watching them lose and just enjoying it. No, I think I think he gets peer pressured a little bit, and he's doing some craps bets and some roulette bets, and he's he starts getting a little excited about it. He Glaber loses money. The, I've got it. Glaber Glaber goes down fifty. Sad puppy dog Glaber doesn't place another bet. <laughs> just mopes and and he acts like his fifty is the same as. Uh, um, like Hixie's five grand. It's like, yeah, my I lost two, two. My two big winners, Didi and Hap. Oh, 
I don't know about Didi, but Hap, I can see Hap just long playing a table. Yeah, Hap, Hap is playing blackjack and counting cards all day. Didi, I feel like he's got two things going for him. He's got the big smile, which tells me you're a lucky man. And two, Didi's really smart. He learns a bunch of languages and stuff. So I could see Didi making some smart bets as well. Who's posting up at the slot machine and that's all they're doing? Canely? Bullpen guys. All the bullpen guys. <laughs> Just playing. Bullpen crew is doing slots nonstop. They sit 400 feet and watch 162 baseball games. They just sit at the slots, and they shut their mind, and then they report back for dinner, and they're like, yeah, that was fun, guys, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Gardner Who's, goes to the who smoking. Who loses the most money? Gardner goes to the smoking section, doesn't smoke himself, and, and does, like, the, the penny bets, and just is the most intense person at the penny bet table. Everyone else is like, Guardy Dude. gets the boot. Guardy gets kicked <laughs> out. kicked out? Yeah, okay. He gives the machine a good whack. He's done. Who loses the most money? Who's losing the most money? Voight. Right? I'm kind of, I'm leaning towards the meatheads. I was leaning Voight and Canely. Yeah, Voight. They're placing big boy bets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're drawing a crowd. Like, yo, Didi, come on, I'm putting five hundred on roulette. Come on. Like, come yeah, watch. You're come right. watch. And Didi's like, oh no, I don't care. I'm gonna go play a thinking man's game. Yeah. Didi responds no, it, in another D- language. <laughs> Know what it would be? Know how there's those games at the casinos that nobody knows how to play? They're like, oh, yeah, this is Gin Rummy 5000 on steroids. And you're like, who plays this? Didi Gregorius. And he wins a ton of money. Just Didi and the dealer playing all night. Yeah. Having a blast. That makes so much sense in my head. Yeah. I'm trying to... Who... who, Romine would try to be Joe Cool. Yeah. Romine would wear like a nice Miami shirt and some sunglasses to the casino. Doesn't yeah, like fit, he, he would, but he, he wants would, to do it. He would wear like a rounders outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Tulowitzki stubs, stu- stubs his toe out of the elevator. Out not, of the game. Not, not my night. Ellsbury just looks at the guy and says, guys, I'll be honest with you. I've got pretty bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> Ellsbury's the dealer. They're like, oh, this is what you've been doing? <laughs> found you. <laughs> All right. What about what's Tanaka doing? He's winning money. They lose Tanaka. Tanaka Tanaka's, Tanaka's no, Tanaka pl- gets lost, Jake. They're like, "Where's Masa? Where's Masa?" A door opens, clouds of smoke come out. Tanaka comes out with like, you know, a, a pop group behind him and just tons of money. He's playing. He's playing Texas Hold'em. And he's in just these vicious, high-money standoffs with people. Straight face. Yeah. He's he's not happy when he loses. He's even worse when he wins. (laughs) All right. We'll end it on that note. If we didn't get to your voicemail, I apologize. But uh, we have a section with Katie Sharp coming up, and we're running long with Katie we talk about the strength of schedule and how much it is helping us or how good we are doing at beating bad teams. We talk about why is Com- Can- uh, Tom- Tommy Canely being so successful right now. Is he 2017 Canely? And we talk about how Voight is not only good for this slumping, for this injured Yankees team, Voight is good for the entire MLB. And let's just go straight to that segment with All 
All right, we are back for another section of Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp. We're going to get smart about what we are watching, and uh, I'm excited. And also, I just wanted to say to anyone listening, if you've never seen the music video for the song we use for this section, it's a must, must watch music video. I made Jake watch it the other day as we sat here. Yeah. yeah. The, the video is my spirit animal. Yes. Katie, how are you doing today? <laughs> I am. I'm doing great. Everything. Roses are red, right? Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome in Yankee land. And we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Did we get the off day sitting on a win on this off day? It's Monday right now. It's so nice. It's like, okay, yeah, feeling good. We don't need to play today to up my spirits. They're just up. Yeah, that's exactly right. Win before every off day. Win before every off day. Yeah, that's a good goal. So we have to win. We have to win on Wednesday. That should be mandatory. I think, you know, we should track that stat. Let's track that stat. Yeah. yeah. All right. Winning before an off day. I think we're good so far, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll dig around and find it. If, if there are any listeners, listeners out there who want to, want to take a stab at it and let us know, <laughs> uh, that would be great. We got, some, are there any aspiring researchers out there? Come on, let's see them. <laughs> I, I might be the researcher on this one. I'm I'm already getting the schedule up. Oh, but. I got one. So far on my <laughs> schedule, we're two and one. Oh, two and two. Damn. Two and two. Or no, three and two now. So three and two. We need a win on uh Wednesday to make it four and two on winning before an off day. They're getting Let's the hang of it. it. They're getting the hang of yeah. it. Yeah. They're winning of late. And that is our first topic with Katie today because you brag about this team of misfits winning and the people uh, that like to be negative just throw strength of schedule right back in your face while they're playing terrible teams, yada, yada, yada. Am I not allowed to be, Katie, am I not allowed to be excited about this winning streak because of the talent they're playing? What do we have on uh, strength of schedule so far? Well, just, just one thing I want to just, I have to say before we get into this strength of schedule is just, I got to reiterate how remarkable it is that, you know, given all these injuries, the players that they are actually putting out there on the field, Gio Urshela is your cleanup hitter. Uh, all you do is win, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. This is, this is like the reality. So just kind of to compare to the rest of the league, uh, what happens when they get all these injured players. So the Yankees have had 15 total players on the injured list this season. Um, and there are actually, you know, that's, that's cumulative right now. They actually only have 13, um, you know, because we got a couple back, but, uh, four other teams have had, uh, at least 10 players on the injured list this season. Uh, they would be the pirates who are 12 and 14, the angels who are 12 and 17, the Rockies who are 13 and 15 and the Padres who are admittedly 16 and 12, uh, but they actually have a negative run differential. So that's so a they're just bit of a f- they're just lucky. And I knew we should have signed Machado. And if you kind of look at the players on their uh, on their injured list, you're like, who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Shots fired at talking Padres. I love it. Yeah, talking Padres. Let's bring it. Um, so <laughs> you look at that, and then there's a stat that I've thrown out there before. They have uh, for looking at projected WAR for all the players on the Yankees that are on the, uh, the injured list, it's, it's about roughly 30, which is uh, more than 16 teams are, are projected for this season. So, um, so, yeah, so basically half the teams in the league have less uh, war for the entire season than what Yankees have on the, 
injured list projected. Wow. Uh, so we'll just just got to frame everything in reality before we get to this whole strength uh-huh. of schedule discussion. Thoughts, you guys, on that? It's nice. To, I like everything besides the Padres, but every other team that's injured has a losing record besides the Padres. And I exactly. did I did just go look at the Padres, their injured guys, and I, I will say this. They don't read the same as <laughs> Batances, Severino, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks. They, well, they're not I mean, in the same vein as those guys. It depends on what you think of Franchi Cordero. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's, he's a good young player. Watch out for Franchi. Exactly. All right, let's get into this, uh, let's get into this um, schedule thing. Because I know, you know, everyone's going to, that's, that's the big hang up here. And yes, there is no denying the fact that the Yankees have played the easiest schedule in the majors according to opponents' win percentage. Uh, you, you can't deny that. Um, but, you know, you can only play the teams that you play, right? And you have to beat the teams that you play in order to be good. And this was a problem we know last year. Everyone complained how we sucked against the suckiest teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We didn't beat up on the teams we were supposed to beat up, and that's why we lost a division to the Red Sox and blah, 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 blah. Um, so the good news is that this year they are beating up, actually, on the teams that they're supposed to be beating up on. Um, and the biggest difference, you know, you can kind of split it however you want to say, above 500, below 500, whatever. But what I like to do is kind of look at, you know, are they beating up on the worst teams? And I define that as basically uh, below 400 winning percentage. Okay. Right? So these are the teams that they had been. I mean, when you're kind of between 400, 500, it's, yeah, you're a sub 500 teams, but in the long run, you may not be that horribly. There can be a little bit of leeway there. So they are 12 and three against teams with a uh, 400 or worse record this year. That's a, that's an 800 winning percentage. That's really good. 12 and three. That's really good. Yeah. Last year they were 27 and 16 against those teams, uh, which is the 628 win percentage, which is uh, not very good. Yeah. Um, so I think that is where the biggest difference is, um, so far for the Yankees this season, they have a better record against, Below, I mean, if we kind of do the cutoff at below 500, they still have a better record against those teams this year versus last year. The difference um, is not as large. Uh, but, you know, the biggest takeaway, I think, is when you're beating up on the dregs, that can go a long way this season. And, Katie, maybe this is just kind of Jake math, and this, this can be uh, – argued pretty easily but isn't it also early enough in the season that like some of these stats you mentioned I mean we you know we 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 went 2-0 and against the Red Sox who at the end of the year probably won't be as bad as their record currently states and the fact that we're winning these games like we take three out of four against Anaheim we take we take three against the Giants we take three out of four against Kansas City if we weren't winning those games it's so early in the season that those teams wouldn't necessarily have under 400 records, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to compare apples, you know, apples to oranges. You know, we're looking at April versus April records versus, uh, you know, end of season records, essentially, uh, when you're doing that math. Um, but even when you look at the time, the record at the time of the game, comparing this year and last year, 
they still they have actually a much better record. Um, so teams that were below 500 at the at the date of the game this year, they're 12 and six. Last year, using that same criteria, so that's a that's a six six seven win percentage. Sorry, last year at this uh, using that same criteria, they had a six oh nine win percentage. So so still significantly better when you try and do a little bit better comparison of apples to apples um, of last year. And one other thing I kind of want to just point out before you know before I get you guys' opinions here uh, is that they've now had their last four series have come against teams that were in last place in the division or either tied for last place, um, the Red Sox, <laughs> um, the Royals, the Angels, and the Giants. And they went 12-2 and two in those games. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, kind of I like to look at a little bit more of what's happening recently too because admittedly the latter half of this season has been better than the first half of this season so far. So the first two weeks against the last two weeks. Um, I think they're a different team. I think they're getting a lot used to or used to playing with with a lot of these replacement players. Um, so that's a really – I think that's maybe perhaps, you know, the most encouraging stat so far um, is that, yeah, they've played these four series against last-place teams, but, you know, they've gone 12-2 and two against those, and they might not have done that last year. Yeah. They're actually – but now it's over. They're going to be yeah. tested now because – the Diamondbacks currently are at a 552 winning percentage, and these can fluctuate so much. But then we have Minnesota. They're leading their division currently. Seattle's in second place. Tampa Bay is in first place. So mm-hmm. on on paper, I see Minnesota, Seattle, Tampa, and I don't get scared. But I this may be like a change of the mindset year where – I have to start to maybe think of those teams as better or are they going to be bad by the end of the season, Jake? It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good test for both teams, right? I mean, for if you're the twins and you're the Mariners and you're Tampa, they, they hear the people like you saying, you know, you're not worried about them coming to town. I, the other thing I'd want to point out, cause we'll, we'll see if those teams are real. I think, I think we'll, we'll know pretty quickly. Um, but it'll be interesting because after the Diamondback series, we have 13 out of 16 of those games at home. And I mean, you you know, Jakey analytics, a couple big factors during that those home trips. We have Bat Day, we have Star Wars Day, David Cohn bobblehead night, and a Game of Thrones shirt night. So I mean, that's that's kind of the advanced stats. But it, it's going to be interesting seeing how it comes together with this banged up Yankees team. These, I guess, overachieving teams, Seattle, Minnesota, and Tampa, and the Yankees coming home for, again, almost like a, a three-week span. What do you think yeah, is more important, the record before an off day or the record on a giveaway day? Ooh, that's, that's Katie stuff. That's not my forte. <laughs> I'm going to, no, Jake, Jake, I think that's all you here. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Those are my stats. Let's be honest. That is all you, and I, we have to. I think I have to point out though that 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 uh, the the Star Wars Day that's CC May Fourth Day, and we know how right. much CC loves Star Wars. If you yeah. guys have ever listened, if you guys have listened to the the greatest podcast, well, the second greatest Whoa. podcast, <laughs> our second greatest podcast about the Yankees, R two C two, R two C two, Brian Rucco and uh, CC Sabathia, <laughs> um, second greatest podcast about the Yankees. <laughs> But uh, yeah, though he's a he's a huge Star Wars fan, so I'm you know I hope he's fired up for that game. Um, 
And uh, just one other thing before we move on is just a, something I've noticed uh, as a trend in Major League Baseball this, this entire season is that there's a lot more parity this year. We don't, we're not seeing really those super teams. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well, but even early in the season, um, there, there's just no team that's running away with any of the divisions, no team that has like some super awesome record like the Red Sox did last year or, or whatever. And um, it, it really bears out in the stats too. I, I was just curious about this, so I looked it up. And um, every team has played at least 25 games so far, right? So I looked at, you know, this year, all the teams through 25 games, their records this year, and then the same last year, all the records for teams through 25 games. And this year, there are only three teams that are have an above that were had an above uh, 600 win percentage, so maybe super teams, and four teams that were below uh, 400. Uh, last year, at the same time, through the same number of games, it was eight and eight in terms of the breakdown. So eight teams with above 600 and eight teams with a below 400. Yeah. Uh, so I think that really speaks to maybe what this season is kind of shaping up to be is that it's going to be it's going to be pretty tight in the standings and I think that bears well for the Yankees as you know for one thing because they're not too far out of it even though their record is only you know only 17 and 11 gosh heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's only 3 teams in the American League that have a uh winning percentage that starts with the number 3 the Royals the Orioles and the Red Sox. Those, yeah. it, those idiots. Yeah. Oh. Dummies. <laughs> Got them. I <laughs> uh, was looking at this. The Marlins are terrible. They have a 286 win record, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. They're 8 and 20. It is. Kate, Katie, at, that's a great catch by you. No, no team in MLB baseball has a three game or more lead in their division. Yeah. Um, that's they, another great. That's another good one. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that, that is wild. And it really does speak to kind of the, the early season parody that's coming on. And you wonder if that's, maybe ties into analytics that now more of these teams have the same numbers and they can, they can run different things to try to get to similar levels or Gio Rochelle is just the best player in baseball. I don't know. Or Tommy Canley is the best reliever in baseball, which brings up our next, our next topic. Tommy Canley, Katie, is this the same Tommy Canley as 2017? Tommy Canley. Is this a different version of good Tommy Canley? Is what he's doing sustainable now? Does like if it mirrors 2017 Tommy Canley, then it should be sustainable. What insights do you have uh, for us on the the Tommy Canley we are seeing currently in 2019? Well, first I want to point out that this Tommy Canley, if you kind of just look at his season stats, stats, it's really not entirely indicative of what he's doing this season because. And I've tweeted this out a couple times in, in the last few days. He's basically had one bad appearance in which he allowed all of his runs and all of his hits this season. Mm-hmm. So, and that Houston. was April, April 10th against Houston. Yep, he had this. He had the blow up. Um, fifth inning, it, it was a disaster, right? Uh, and maybe you say it's because he was pitching on back-to-back days, um, which is only the second time he's done that. That was the first time, and he's only other only done that one other time. Um, but uh, yeah, he two thirds of an innings gave up two runs on four hits. Um, you know, the big hit there was a home run, um, and uh, 
So that, other than that, though, you look at his numbers, and it is, let's, uh, I'll just pull it up right here. Ten innings pitched, zero hits, zero runs, and and 15 strikeouts. And in that game, like I said, he gave up four hits and two runs in two-thirds of an innings. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's not going to pitch a no-hitter for the rest of the season. But I think kind of – and his season stats are still fabulous even with that blow-up. But I think you kind of have to look at just really how remarkable he has been this season um, uh, before we kind of delve into comparing him to 2017. I wanted uh, to look at if, – if I, if I take away his first appearance where he walked three batters before finding himself. Mm-hmm. If I take that away, is his whip still good? Because I know he has some other walks. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I that's what I, I sort of wanted to get into. Okay. Um, but but yeah, so uh, just what, going back to your question, you know, is yeah. this the same guy as as 2017? And I'm gonna say yes, but they're slightly different versions. Okay. And I think. Th- you know, and the one thing is that walk rate. That is the biggest difference. And yes, three of his six walks this season have come in in that first appearance of the season. I mean, and, you know, maybe you give him sort of, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a bogey or what is it? The golf term? Mulligan. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I don't play <laughs> golf, but, but uh, my dad does. So you had it. that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so maybe you give him a mulligan because it was his first first appearance of the season, whatever. Um, but but the biggest difference, you know, on paper is that is that uh, is that walk rate um, between when you look at 2017. He actually has, you know, he has a better ERA. It's it's early, um, but some other really encouraging things are that his ground ball rate is a lot better. So uh, you know, he's not really known as a ground ball guy as a ground ball guy, but this year he has turned himself into one. It's it's over 60% this year. Hmm. Um, And, you know, another encouraging thing is that the home run, the home run rate is just about the same as it was in 2017. And he actually may be a bit unlucky. And that goes back to the ground ball rate because he really hasn't given up very many uh, fly balls. And the ones that he has given up have gone over the fence. Um, and that's sort of one of those tricky stats when you can say, you know, there's a little bit, probably a little bit of a regression to the mean there. Um, and uh, he's got basically the same strikeout rate, slightly down. Um, the whiff rate is about the same. And uh, really, you know, the biggest difference you can say is that uh, is that walk rate. Um, and one thing that you might say is not sustainable is he has a 93% left on base percentage. Um, and even as good as you can be, it is super hard for a reliever to, uh, to maintain that. Usually the rate, you know, the best rates are usually, even Mariano rates are in the 80s or yeah. the, the high 70s. So he's going to give up a few more runs, but, um, but the expected stats, they really show that he's doing, what he's doing is, you know, what his base, what he should be doing based based on the uh, the quality of contact he's giving up. Um, his expected batting average, his expected slugging, and his expected woba. Those are things you can find on Statcast, uh, one of the greatest websites. You can find baseball stats. Um, they're all in the top five percent of the league. 
Wow. And they are all actually better than 2017. And the differences, when you look at the, the actual and the expected, they're pretty minimal. Um, so what he's doing, uh, I would not say is a fluke right now. Um, and that doesn't actually say that he's going to keep doing it for the rest of the season. But you can pretty much safely say that the Kami family that we've seen so far is, is sort of for real. Um, and I really like that. Uh, and if he can sort of keep, you know, get his walks under control and, you know, it seems like he has since that, that little hiccup, uh, mm. I think that this can be, you know, the same version of 2017 or, or possibly even better uh, because of that, that increased uh, ground ball rate that I mentioned. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, he doesn't have any options left. We, or actually he does, right? Because didn't they, no, no, no. He does. I don't know if no. he has any, he doesn't have any options left, but they extended his right. service time last year. Oh, okay. They messed with his service time. So, I mean, he, we still have him for another season. I believe if he could be the 2017 Tommy Canley, that's a weapon. That's like a top tier relief pitcher. And everyone kind of knows what happened last year. He, I mean, he, his miles per hours were down like eight miles per hour. His his fastball was the same speed as his changeup, basically. In 2018, he was drinking seven Red Bulls a day. He was overweight. He was whatever. So we don't need to harp on that at all. You're telling me that this Canely we see today resembles 2017 Canely, then I am I am ecstatic. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and you mentioned, you know, kind of looking at his whip, uh, if you exclude that first game, um, it, it does sort of match up with basically, uh, what he did in, in 2017, um, because his, his hits per nine has been phenomenal. I mean, he has given up the only those four hits, uh, among, you know, he's faced over, he's he's faced roughly 40 batters this season and given up four hits. Yeah. Um, and the, the bullpen's and, had its problems and there's been a lot of kind of, uh, unfortunate spots. Chad Green's got off to a tough spot. Holder got off to a really tough spot. Um, but Canley's a bright spot, and he has done great. And I think Ottavino is he's a wizard, so there are bright spots in the bullpen. I even think Chapman's having a good year so far. Yeah, and I think that his role becomes even more important um, with Batances down because he has sort of assumed that fireman role uh, re- recently. Uh, I will admit that, you know, it looked like Boone was using him in all the wrong situations early in the season. Um, and that's kind of reflected in his, his leverage index number uh, for the entire season. But if you kind of look at stuff that he's done uh, more recently, um, there have been uh, a lot more higher leverage uh, appearances uh, recently than, uh, than the first couple yeah. weeks of the season. And I mean, he, if he performs well this year, it'll just be another great trade that, uh, Cashman made because he was Canely was a centerpiece around that D Rob and Todd Frazier deal. D Rob helped us to the end of his contract. If Canely can be a big spot in the bullpen this year, that'll be one more notch in Cashman's belt. But the biggest notch right now is Louis Linwood Voigt. And that is the third person we're talking about today on this episode of Sharp Stats because Luke Voigt has not only been a good hitter. Since he got everyday playing time with the Yankees, he's been one of the best hitters. And people need to understand that it's not like, yeah, he's doing good on the Yankees right now as they're injured. No, he's like top tier hitter in the MLB since he got called up. It's crazy. 
So what do we got on that, Katie? Yeah, I mean, you, you want to like I like how you framed it there. Um, not just good, uh, not just good for the Yankees, but he's up there with uh, the MVPs um, of the last uh, of the last year. And you know, like you said, he sort of he became that regular starter on August twenty fourth of last year. If you remember, that's basically when he took over the role and pushed Greg Bird to the bench, just maybe the best decision that who never made last year. Um, and in that span, so he's had 255 plate appearances in that span, um, which is, which is a pretty good amount. It's not a full season. Um, obviously almost half, almost half of a season. Yeah. So I looked at some ranks, um, since that time, uh, of, uh, and I, I limited it to about 150 plate appearances as a, as a minimum, which gives you roughly 200 players. So still a very good sample of players to compare him to. Um, and I'm just going to recite off a couple ranks right now. So bear with me here. Uh, I think you'll like them though. Uh, he has the second most homers, Christian Yelich, who NL MVP has the most second most RBIs behind Yelich. He's got the fifth best weighted on base average WOBA, which we've cited before, um, which is basically a catch all offensive stat, uh, that I really like to use. Fifth best slugging percentage and tenth best on base percentage, um, which really says something because we know his batting average is never going to be very high, but he still has the tenth best uh, on base percentage, uh, and um, and so those are all great. Those are actual numbers, and uh, like I said, you know, not a huge sample, so maybe you know you can argue, oh well, you know, you need a full season of those actual numbers to say he's real, right? Well, I'm going to now throw out some expected numbers, um, which are based on, like I said before, launch angle and exit velocity. It's expected stats you can get on StatCast. So let's see how he ranks there. In that span, kind of the same sample, he has the third best expected WOBA and the second best expected slugging. So what that tells me is that what he's done has been basically in line with what his talent is because those expected stats tend to stabilize a little bit faster than actual stats. Uh, You you really can't fake X velocity. (laughs) If you kind of know what I mean, like they like, they like to say you can't fake hitting the ball hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Hit the ball hard and you hit the ball high uh, or on a line line drive, you barrel it up. Those are, those tend to stabilize pretty quickly, usually after about roughly 70 balls in play. 100 balls in play is a really good is a good sample, um, and he's already had almost 200 balls in play uh, since since coming since that date on August 24th. So I like to look at those expected stats, and that's a good indication that he is right up there with, uh, as I mentioned, third best Wova expected Wova. The two guys ahead of him, Mike Trout. Christian Yelich Jeez. should have been a- AL MVP and uh, was the NL MVP. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, so that's insane. And then, you know, I kind of wanted to give myself another sanity check to look at what his, you know, the difference between the expected and the actual. And <laughs> they're very small differences. If you look at that whole sample of, uh, of 200 guys, the difference there, he's 159th out of those 200. And that means, you know, smaller difference. So one of the smallest differences in expected WOBA as well. 
So he he is not faking it um, in terms of what his his con- his quality of contact stats show and what his actual contact actual stats show. I have something that's interesting that I know you won't be able to find the answers to right now, but maybe it's a future tweet you can post. He right. changed the ounce bat. Ah, he's yes. using on this West Coast trip. So. Um, from the Angels and the Giants series, he went down one ounce, hoping it would speed up, speed up his hands and allow him to get through the zone quicker. Is there any stat that we can look into, like if he's pulling the ball more or if the exit velocity has jumped up? It's tiny sample size. Maybe if he stays with this weight, we can compare it after like a month of this weight. That would be something I'd be interested in looking into. Yeah, let's do it. Um, definitely put that on the uh, put that on the agenda. Oh, uh, we can definitely look at that. Do you want to uh, know his stats in this tiny sample size with the new bat? Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. 433 batting average, 528 on base percentage, 1.394 OPS, four home runs, and one double in seven games. <laughs> all right. All, all he has to do is keep that up, and I think he's got the MVP uh, wrapped up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jake has him as the uh, the first base all star, which we've discussed. Being an all star, oh, absolutely. Being yeah, an all star isn't as hard as you would think it is. Is that well, fair? especially with the with with the current batch of AL first baseman? Yeah, Jose yeah. Abreu. I mean, Logan Morrison was an all star like Lomo. last year or something. Yeah. Or... Uh, now yeah. he's uh he's he's checking out AAA with uh with Chase and Shreve who by. By the way, Chase and Shreve, who we flipped for Luke Voigt, currently with a 6-1 ERA in AAA in the PCL for Memphis, so keep an eye out for him. I feel um, bad for and, him. And uh, I, you, you, guys, you guys have a pretty good grasp between Yankees, UConn, and knowing my brain. that I, 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 I love stats. I kind of look at them with my own little twist. Luke Voigt, and if these are the past two years, even factoring in the St. Louis, his 13 plate appearances there last year. 75 games, 23 home runs, 61 RBIs, 305, 397, a 1.012 OPS. His per 162 game average, so if he played every game in a season, which nobody does anymore, but his per 162 for the past two years, he's on a 50 homer pace, 50 homers, 132 RBIs. And Katie, I guess one one thing that jumped out to me that you said, which I, I think I mentally agree with, but I wonder if there's any stats we can look at. You said you said something along the lines of, you know, Luke Voigt isn't a big like batting average guy, but I mean, after this recent hot streak, I mean, he's back up to 283 this year. He finished last year at 322. I mean, can we can we say that? I I don't know. I mean, he's not going to hit 320. He's not going to hit 320, 330. You know, like a Mike Trout or anything like that. Right. Um, but I think we can absolutely reasonably accept, you know, somewhere in the the 270, the 280 range. Um, and that's kind of what you know. If you look at the expected batting average. Um, that's what the range is as well. Um, so I think that, you know, and I, I would absolutely, I would love to have a 280, 275 guy who, who also has a 650 slugging percentage. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, and, and I think that also, you know, you look at the, as we all know, his on-base streak that he's got going now, 39 games, 
uh, entering this uh, this Arizona series. And his OBP is, is over 400 during that streak. And if you kind of look at comparable on-base streaks uh, over the last, you know, three, four, five seasons, the thing that really stands out about his streak uh, is, is the fact that he has, I believe it's a 664 slugging percentage during this streak. So a lot of times when you sacrifice, when you, when you have like a long on-base streak, it's these guys that just tend to take a lot of walks. They let a lot of pitches pass by, which is great. I mean, you know, the, the point of the game is to get on base. But the fact that he's pairing that with a 660 slugging percentage in the same amount of time is pretty remarkable to me. Um, and I think that's sort of, you know, one of the be- best traits that he can bring to, to this team right now. Yeah, I mean, with I said it when he before he took off this season, I was like, Man, uh, it would be really bad if Luke Voigt struggles right now because he's the one guy in the midst of all these injuries that could carry us. And on this West Coast trip, he has been the main cog that has been carrying us. Lead off homers, getting on base, doing everything. In the two-hole, picking up where Judge, when Judge got injured. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing what he's doing, and it's not temporary or fluke. Like, this is who he is, and I like his answers. He says... I've always hit like (laughs) I hit in the minor leagues. I've always hit. So this is who I am. Well, thank you, Katie. This is good stuff. As always, we are in for you are informing Jake and I and the, uh, the listeners, which is great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, I love teaching people about the game. I love teaching stats and uh, just helping people understand uh, what's happening. Yep. So if you have a voicemail question for next week's voicemail episode and you want Katie to uh, use her knowledge and insight and research abilities to answer it, call in 908-845-5792 and let us know uh, it's for Sharp Stats or uh, tweet at us if you don't want to use your voice or you don't have a voice. we got to give a, a voice to the voiceless, Jake. They can text right. or tweet. <laughs> We're really helping people out. Thanks, Reach out guys. to us. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you. Thank you, Katie. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That ends the show. Thank you guys very much. If you uh, have a future voicemail, let us know. 908-845-5792. If you want to get into the raffle for a jersey, sign up for Patreon. Patreon.com slash Talking Yanks. If you sign up today, Tuesday, you will be entered into the April raffle. And if you want to win a Talking Yanks goodie bag, go to the podcast app on iTunes and leave a five-star review in the neck in the coming week we will be reading them on sunday and it takes about a day for them to come through so make sure you get your review in this week just do it today and get it over with get the review in always tweet at katie sharp that you liked her segment because she's the best yes um that's a requirement every podcast Mm -hmm. we 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 don't we're not always going to demand the review we're not always going to demand the patreon Always tweet at Katie. She's the GOAT. Yeah. And if your name is George, call your mother and tell her you loved her. And that's all. you love her today. Today. Right now. You better do that. And that's it. That's the end of the podcast. We have a game tonight versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Enjoy it. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.